Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top mm. Researching rookies a lot No, I just be listening to pods Yeah, one in particular I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett Yeah the man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, coach it in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Whoa. Fantasy round table come take a look at the crown baby go what is going on everybody it is not your typical monday morning quarterback episode because it is tuesday uh had a family in town and everything so we pushed it till today me and Matt are going to recap the entire week 11 slate of Sunday and obviously the Monday night football game as well. Matt, how you doing today? Doing pretty good. Took this uh, week off, so I've been taking it easy today. Just uh, it's kind of crappy weather. It was we woke up to yesterday was 67. This morning was 31 and snowing. So Oof. Little bit of a change. Little bit of yeah, a change. Yeah, it sucks. My my parents are currently on their way back to Colorado right now driving. So I'm sure that's gonna be uh interesting to to start getting through all that. Yeah, it's uh I can't wait, man. I got one more half a day really tomorrow, and it cannot end quick enough because I am ready for a four day weekend that I plan on doing absolutely nothing if possible. Uh, speaking about doing absolutely nothing, Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, my God, you're welcome. You're welcome. I've been practicing on the transitions there. Uh, Philly. So they lose to the Browns 22 to 17. Carson Wentz, 14 points. Miles Sanders, nine. Rager, nine. Dallas Goddard, 18. And Richard Rogers, 12. What is it you think of Wentz? I'm actually in a couple of discords I've talked about before. There is a lot of talk going around right now that he may be on his way out of Philly soon. At least that's what Philly fans are talking about. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, when you have all the analysts agitating that it's time we get a look at Jalen Hurts, who nobody wanted to give a time of day to uh, five months ago, 
that's probably not a great sign. But, you know, Philly, you would have thought, was in a golden kind of position to maybe roll their way to a division title in, in definitely the worst division in football. But now they're only a half game up, and they have a brutal next four games that begins with uh, the Seahawks on, I think it's Monday night football, actually. Oh, another bad Monday night game. Great. Yeah. So I would imagine Carson's still going to start that one. You know, you could have made a case for him earlier in the season. They were missing a lot of people. Their line's still not very good, but he's not really adjusting to the fact he doesn't have time. I think the biggest criticism that I've seen lately is he stands back there like he has an all pro line and ends up getting pounded or losing the ball or throwing it away. They just haven't looked competitive. The Browns are a decent team. So, and they came back and that was crappy weather, but if that, if that was the only game, okay, but they look terrible against the giants. Um, They lost the opening week to Washington. They don't, you know, they basically squandered their easy games and now they're realistically probably going to be three, 10 and one in four weeks. And, you know, they're going to be watching like a five-win Giants team capture the East or a five-win yeah. Dallas team. Um, with Wentz playing so bad, I know Doug Peterson came out yesterday and said they are not thinking about benching Wentz. And I understand his point of view and kind of feeling like that that sends the wrong message to the team and everything. If you were Doug Peterson, would you bench Wentz for Jalen Hurts? I mean... I guess it comes down to whether or not you think Wentz is the only problem. And I honestly don't know. I don't. Uh, thankfully, I have not had to watch as much of Eagles <laughs> games as people in Philly. Yeah. You, I still think he's probably a better shot than Jalen Hurts, but you did take Jalen Hurts in the second round. I think if they bomb another one on Sunday night to the, to the Seahawks, a team that hasn't had the greatest defense, which is certainly possible, then you do have to admit, take a look because you're not getting where you would need to be the way you're currently going. For me, I think I'm keeping him in until you're technically eliminated from the playoffs, which may be not until week 17 with the way that the East is, but still (laughs) probably never get eliminated. this season. And that may be true, but I think as, as stupid as it's going to sound now, with us saying, okay, if the Eagles were to win the East, okay, in five years, we're not going to remember that the Eagles were like the worst team and one of the worst teams in football and won the East. It's going to be, okay, well, they've won the East three years in a row or two years in a row, whatever it is. That's what we're going to talk about. Uh, I, I don't think Wentz is the entire problem. Like you were mentioning, either the offensive line has looked bad. I mean, I know they got Rager and they got Goddard back, but they just got them back a couple weeks ago. They haven't really had a chance to to kind of meld with, uh, with Wentz here. I mean, I do think he's... I would say 56% of the issue. Like I just, he is not playing well at all. And and I don't know what the issue is, but for me, I just don't think you can bench him. I'm kind of on Doug Peterson's side because you don't know what you have in Jalen hurts and you are still technically in well, the race for the NFC. So East. worst, worst, uh, uh, you know, case scenario probably is you bench him, you put hurts in hurts looks better. I saw somewhere, I think it was our friend Nick Whalen posted the, the out, amount in 2021 if they were to release Carson Wentz it's like 59 yeah. million dollars. So if I mean he did just sign that deal this offseason so if you 
put in Hertz and he looks better and you decide that Carson's no longer a viable option, you can't even you're paying him a ton of money and you can't even really realistically get rid of him without destroying your salary cap. Uh, yeah, they're not getting rid of Wentz anytime soon. So the dead cap hit, yes, is $59 million next year. Yeah. In 2022, it is 24 million. In 2023, it is 15 million. And then 2024 is six. And even six is kind of a big cap hit to take. But I would think if he's playing this bad still, that's more a more realistic shot of them getting out is at 2024. When you get into the 15 range, you might consider it the other unknown to me. So you're talking about potentially $59 million cap hit in a year where we know at best the cap stays flat, but it's yeah. very possible it drops because you know, revenue for the NFL has not been anywhere near where it was last year because of pandemic concerns. I mean, fortunately, they're making it through a season. We may not like preseason, but that's a diminishment of the gate that you're looking at. There's been no gate for almost yeah. anyone, and you're probably going to go back to it'll be a rarity to see fans in the stands starting this week. I mean, the NFL is already going to make oh, players wear masks and everything. I know here in Denver, they, they announced last week was the last week that they'll play a home game with fans. Well, Tampa sure had a pretty full stadium. I imagine Dallas is going to keep doing it too. Uh, well, how- let's, let's exclude Florida and Texas yeah, because they've actually been their own say, yeah. drum. Yeah, because I was actually talking about this with uh, Ray Garvin at Ray GQ. We were talking in a Discord channel about that, that Texas, is they're just not taking this seriously at all. I mean, like, I hate to say it. I, I live in Texas. I mean, I've, I've literally walked into um, some customers' accounts to go talk to people, and, and there's people just, like, walking around with no mask saying, oh, COVID's not real. And I'm like, okay. They're not, they're not alone. There was a tweet today uh, at noon. On Tuesday before Thanksgiving, the number of planes that are in the air domestically yeah. in 2019, it was 7,600. Today, it's almost 7,000. So not that much of a diminishment. If you think about yeah. like all the warnings and and where we're at, there will be states that won't won't honor that. But I mean, you already had about 30, 40 percent of the stadiums weren't allowing fans. I would say you're going to see 30 or 40 more percent rollback. All right, so as for the Browns here, Baker just seven points, Chubb 11, Hunt 9, Landry 4, and Hooper 6. Could have been a bigger day for Chubb, but uh, twice down in the goal line, he lost his shoe the first time, and then the, the – no, I'm sorry, the first time he lost a contact, which got pull, so he got pulled out, and then the second time he lost his shoe. So both times down at the goal line where he probably could have gotten the goal line carry, he, he got pulled out for other reasons opposite of play. Uh, the big question here is obviously with them being as run heavy as they are, and Jarvis Landry has really kind of come up small here the past three weeks from the Raiders game to the Texans game last week to now this week. Uh, are you benching Jarvis for fantasy? Well, first of all, it's bummer for Chubb, but that uh, Kareem Hunt touchdown run was a incredible play to watch, so I'm glad oh, yeah. we didn't get denied that. That was That was a lot of fun. In terms of the receivers, I mean, we thought it would be a benefit to Landry. We had seen in the year before OBJ came, Landry seemed to have a good connection with Baker, and I would have thought he would kind of take over. He was their third best receiver on Sunday. Uh, You know, Higgins was above him, so was Hodge. So that I, I am putting him to the bench. First of all, they are much better running. Yes. Uh, and when they're running like that, they don't really have to throw a lot. 
So that diminishes opportunities. And beyond that, he hasn't really been a factor all year. I, I don't, I don't know if he's still got lingering injury issues. I think something's just yeah. off. Yeah. I, I mean, that would make the most sense. If I hurt my hip and had to have surgery, it'd probably take me a goodly long time to feel like taking shots across the middle again. Yeah. But I think that's, he's, he, so I still like him as a player, but it's not been worth, uh, you know, slotting him in your starting lineup unless you're trying to tank. Yeah. So, I mean, he was, he wasn't horrible early on in the year. Some of that I'm sure had to do with Beckham too, because he was getting those coverages, but I do think it was I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, what game it was. It may have been the Steelers game. So that'd have been four or five weeks ago now, maybe six. He took a huge shot over the middle. He was running, got hit right into that rib and hip area. And you could tell Jarvis is not someone who, even if he takes that big hit, he always gets right back up because he doesn't want to show you he's hurt. Like he crawled off the field. It, it was a massive hit. He has not looked the same since then. He's kind of what they call alligator arms, some throws and everything. I think some of that is, I, I do think he he's hurt more than he is leading on. And, and that's kind of led to his bad play because he's not, He's struggling catching the ball at times, which we've never seen him do throughout his entire career. He's yeah. always had extremely sure hands. So I do think it's probably more of a rib slash hip injury that is limiting him. So I am with you on benching him too, but yeah, I, I don't, I think it's more well, injury than play. And no, no touchdowns. He's never been the world's biggest yeah. touchdown threat. It's been the the volume. So if you're looking at through 11 weeks, he only has 38 receptions his career low in receptions prior to this season was 81 i i don't see him getting to 81 so i mean that's you're probably right there's something going on there all right your boy and the saints speaking of coming up small let's talk about my goodness Saints win this one 24-29. Not at all what anybody, including Roddy White, expected in this one. Matt Ryan, five points. Gurley, three. Ridley, 14. Julio Jones, five. And my guy, Hayden Hurst, with the big fat goose egg. Gotta love it. Uh, Good defense, uh, or is it time to worry about the Falcons' offense? I'll, I'll kick it off. I think it was Julio, if I'm being honest. It just seems like when Julio is not on the field, this team absolutely sucks. Matt Ryan can't get going. It shifts the coverage over to Ridley. God knows what happened to Hayden Hurst. I'm glad I didn't watch this game, so I don't have to know. And the Gurley uh, thing. He did, get, he did get hurt at one point in time and come gotcha. off. And I thought he was still hurt. But the guy I was playing in my work league had Hayden Hurst. He's like, can't believe I'm yeah. still getting zero. I'm like, well, he's hurt. No, he's on the field. They're just choosing not to throw to him. Like, yeah, I think he only got like two targets in the game, so it's not uh, not great. Uh, the Gurley thing, I'm not surprised with. We've kind of mentioned it multiple times. His fantasy is, his fantasy value has just come from touchdowns, and if he's not scoring touchdowns, he's not doing mm-hmm. shit for you. So that one's – but for me, I think the passing game, it was more – definitely we've talked about New Orleans defense has been improving. It was kind of a get-well defense earlier mm-hmm. in the year. It's been improving, but – it seems like if you go back and look at every game Julio was not playing, this offense can just not get going on the passing side. Yeah, and I would say it's a little bit of both. First of all, the Saints' defense is congealing into that kind of powerful force that we saw uh, a year ago. Second of all, the Falcons' offensive line couldn't block a fart in the wind. <laughs> I mean, they were just on top of Matt Ryan all the time. I think he got sacked nine times. Cam Jordan had three. They weren't blocking anyone, so it's a little bit hard to get started. You're probably right about Julio, but it seemed like early in the game and in the first half, they were sort of making connections, but they weren't finishing anything off. I just don't think 
I think the Falcons need need a change mm-hmm. more than just turning over their coach. There's been a lot of talk about whether this offense it's time to break it up and try to do something different. And at times they've looked still really good, but the last five or six games, I think you're seeing it may, you know, there might be some wisdom and it's time to break it up. It's time to do a little something different. They're loaded down with a lot of aging veterans and those guys just aren't producing right now. Ridley still looks good. I still like Olamide Zacchaeus, I think, could be a potential prospect going down. Of course, after we wrote uh, Russell Gage off for dead, he ends up being like the second best receiver on their team. Um, but they just, they don't look good. They look like a team that's playing out the string. They were missing that fire that I thought Raheem Morris brought to them the first couple of games. Probably damages his cause a little bit for being uh, the full time coach. On uh, the Saints side here, so Taysom Hill, quarterback and tight end eligible, apparently uh, 24 points. Alvin Kamara, 10. Latavius Murray, 10. Michael Thomas, 19. Emmanuel Sanders, 10. Hill looks solid, obviously improved uh, that he can be a starter. Uh, Do you think he is the eventual starter? Obviously, he's got, what, two more games at least because they put Breeze Uh on. On IR, and I would want, I would think if Hill continues to play like this, they won't rush Breeze back either because they're playing for mm. a Super Bowl, so don't rush him. But well, what do you the good think news about, for uh, Taysom Hill is he gets the Broncos this week? Well, I don't know. They look pretty good against Tua. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's an easy win for him. But uh, what, uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, we've all kind of questioned: Can he be the future of New Orleans? Did you see enough out of him last week for that? I know you're kind of the biggest believer for him, or is this something you need to see more of? I mean, I thought he played well, but it's, it is one game. Um, you know, he wasn't a huge, he wasn't hugely noted for his passing prowess, even in college. I think he could be like a better or, you know, a successful version of Tim Tebow. I didn't think Tebow was bad all the time, and he never improved as a passer. What I was most impressed with with Taysom Hill is he was hitting receivers, he was throwing it down the field, and he only had five incompletes. It looks like he really was trying to focus on being a passer. Still haven't seen him have a passing touchdown as a quarterback. He had a couple touchdowns on Sunday, but they were rushing touchdowns. I did think, you know, obviously he he seemed to have good rapport with Michael Thomas, and that was probably a knock that some people had on Jameis Winston when he came in to replace Breeze the game before. He didn't seem like he could get on the same page with Thomas at all. Um, it, one bummer for me is it seemed like it hurt Kamara a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it was weird. He only had one target, no receptions. That's absolutely not what you're expecting. I think that'll change a little bit. Uh, but I thought he looked good. This is his audition, whether it's two more games or three more games. This is his audition to say, hey, I'm on this two-year, $21 million deal. I can be the guy next year because I think – I don't know where you're at, but I'm I'm fairly convinced this is it for Breeze. I think 41 um, yeah. years old, having broken all the ribs in your chest and punctured your lung, it's – you know, it's – this team is going to make a run to try to get into the Super Bowl. Hopefully he comes back for that. And I think either way that this is the end. Yeah, I, I said in the off season that I thought for sure he was only going to get uh, he was only going to play this year. I did not see him coming back after the one year. So I am with you there. Um, for I'm trying to see, I, I wonder if maybe it's just part of um, 
Taysom Hill, maybe not hurting Alvin Kamara, but Alvin Kamara is just kind of like contractually obligated to only get 81 catches a year. I don't know if you know this, but the past three well, years in a row, he's only caught 81 passes. So, you know, he's yeah. at 67. Maybe they're trying to limit it and, and save those next 14 passes for something special. Well, contract bonuses are allegedly part of the reason they wanted to look at Hill also because James yeah. Winston has some escalating clauses in his contract if he would have played more time. I also think, you know, running quarterbacks typically have hampered uh, pass-catching running backs because the ball that Drew Brees is going to drop off to Alvin Kamara because he's not going to try to run. Taysom Hill is going to put his head down and go for 10 yards. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still not benching Kamara, but I do think his upside is a little bit limited because, I mean, he was on pace to be like one of the best receivers this year, not just running back. And I think you're going to, you have to limit those expectations some. Now, maybe that changes. We know Sean Payton is an offensive genius, offensive guru. Maybe they figure out ways to scheme them to get the ball to Alvin Kamara a little bit here uh, more moving forward. But might also, in the case, they didn't need him that much. I mean, they were destroying the Falcons. So. They, they were kind of running a vanilla offense at the end of the third quarter and the fourth. That's why Latavius yeah. Murray was in so much. That was our local game here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because Denver was on the afternoon, that was the only game available on local TV here in the morning. So I was watching a lot of that. And at the end, I think Latavius Murray's in there because if you're just going to hand off and battering ram into a line, why would you use Kamara, who's like your $100 million running back or your quarterback? And they were up, and Atlanta wasn't really doing anything. I think they were just trying to chew down the clock and get out. Yeah, so we'll see. I'm not going to freak out too much with just the one-game sample size there for Kamara. Uh, Next up, uh, Washington beats the Bengals 22-9 for Cincinnati. Burrow 11 points, Bernard 9, Tyler Boyd 17, and A.J. Green 14 Obviously, if you haven't seen it, Burrow done for the year. Got even worse news yesterday. I I saw the injury happen. I do not like seeing stuff like that. I knew it was pretty serious. I I hate putting it this way because I I feel like it kind of sounds crass, but his knee folded like a cheap lawn chair with the way that it got hit. Like You could tell immediately Mm -hmm. when it happened. It was going to be a serious injury. ACL, MCL, meniscus, and I believe PCL PCL. damage as well. So, I mean, he did everything to that knee. Um, you know, I honestly don't think we see him back next year. That's just my opinion. I I know some of the, they said best case scenario is nine months, but more realistic is 12 months, which again, puts you around Thanksgiving. I'm with you. If you're not thinking that ready till November, December, based on where your team's at, are you really throwing them out there? Yeah, I, I don't see a reason to. I don't see them doing something that amazing in the draft. They make Cincinnati contender next year. They've got great, weapons around him and mixing in the wide receivers, but that offensive line is the reason he's sitting where he's at right now, unfortunately, and they're not going to be able to improve that, I think, with just one pick. So, you know, I know I was talking to a couple people who are, are you know, physical therapist or, or someone who is a orthopedic surgeon. And that's what he was saying. He's like, when you have that much damage in your knee, he's like, it's kind of hard to shoot for the uh, the upside of nine months. He's like, you're likely looking at at least 12 months. He's like, at that point, you know, do you really want to rush him back? I hope they don't. We'll see what they do. Um, with him being out, Mixon's on the IR now as well. So we're getting Ryan Finley in there at quarterback. I think this kills T. Higgins' value. I think for me, you have to play Bernard because he's going to get the workload at running back, and he's likely going to get some catches as well. But outside of him, I think it's just Boyd. I don't think Green's there. And like I said, I think 
having Finley kills Higgins value. Higgins was getting all the yeah. love from Burrow. I don't know if he gets that with Finley. Well, I think it compresses all the receiving value. I mean, Boyd, you're probably still playing, but instead of seeing him as a borderline wide receiver one, you're probably dropping him. I am down to wide receiver two, maybe wide receiver three. Finley wasn't good last year and he was terrible in support. I also don't think – I think with Mixon now on IR and then with nothing to play for, I don't think he comes back this year. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's going to be kind of one of those things where just tank it in. I mean, right now they're sitting at the third pick, so you're going to likely have your shot with it being uh, – was it Jets, Jags, Bengals, which means you could likely get um, – I'm going to butcher his name – I'll just say the offensive lineman out of Oregon because I know Senile Puel or something. I'm horrible with names, people. But he is by far the best offensive lineman in this class. Take him. Knowing the Bengals, they'll probably take a running back. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Or a wide receiver. Travis Etienne. Take take the best offensive lineman and kind of help protect Burrow. Uh, But I'm with you. I I would imagine you probably don't see Mixon either the rest of the year. At best, you bring him back week 14, I think, is the first week he can come back. Yeah, because he re-signed a new long-term deal. He did sign, yeah. It was four or five years. You know he's coming back. You know you're going to have Higgins and Boyd. You know that eventually, you know, whether it's next year or the year after, you're going to have Burrow. I'm with you. Why bring him back? At best, he'd be – He'd what come available week 15, 14, 14. He'd come back 14. week 14 because they put him on before the game technically on week 11. So that counts as a game miss. So he's got 11, 12, 13. So the first one he can come back is 14, assuming that he can. Because again, I think he's been gone for the past four weeks, I think still. And well, they doesn't were like, his well, injury remind you a little bit of AJ Green last year where he had a foot injury and he was like, yeah. he was always, is he going to play? Is he going to play? And right at the end, he gets ruled out for several weeks and then they just put him on IR and you never see him again. That's, it sort of feels like, is that what's going on with Mixon? Because it didn't seem like when he first got hurt that they were saying it's super serious, but then yeah. several weeks in a row, he just not available and then throw them on IR. Very interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's been there's been talk the past couple of weeks, like right, right up until Friday he was going to play, and then it's all of a sudden he's ruled out. So, yeah, it's been – may also just go to maybe the Bengals' medical staff isn't quite um, quite that good. Which has got to be even more depressing if you're a Burrow, somebody who rosters <laughs> Burrow. Yeah. Um, Washington side here, Alex Smith, eight points, Antonio Gibson, 17, JD McKissick, nine, and Terry McLaurin, 13. Alex Smith gets his first win. What are your thoughts about them and this offense moving forward, especially them being in a playoff race? Yeah. You know, Washington, who would have thought at this point, Washington and the giants, I'm actually interested to see if they can get it together and make this a real race. I, I still think Dallas Looks like they may have figured some things out too. It, it may turn out that Philly is now the worst team uh, in that division, but Smith has looked uh, decent. Um, we've we've got a pretty decent floor, if un- unimpressive ceiling for McKissick. Gibson seems to be coming along. He's held up pretty well for a guy that didn't have a ton of touches in college, and McLaren is QB proof. Yeah, unfortunately. It's, uh... Sorry, Drew. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, Gibson and McKissick, McLaurin, those are guys, the only guys that I'm starting from that team. And Gibson has been amazing. It was kind of the question we all had with, with not very many carries coming out of Memphis and playing wide receiver as well at Memphis. Could he hold up? He's looked fantastic so far for Washington. Uh, I mean, 
I don't think any of us expected this next game. The the Carolina Panthers beating the Lions 22 nothing. God damn you, Detroit. I know. I know. Right as I jumped on the two, you know, I was just hitting there and I was like, man, they're going to be missing so many weapons. I should probably just go with PJ Walker and the Panthers. And I didn't do Is it. Is there man. a chance oh, you can be God. simultaneously named coach of the year and get fired on Black Monday? Because that's. No. He's and that fired. might that might kill my Matt Patricia. He's getting fired. There ain't no shot. No shot. Uh Stafford seven points. AP one. Marvin Jones nine and TJ Hawkinson ten. Also, raise your hand if you got screwed by DeAndre Swift being out in this game because uh, yeah, that killed me in a couple lineups. And the bad news is <sighs> we won't even know until probably tomorrow at best if he'll be able to play Thursday. And that's and that's guessing Actually, too. They're track I think they're tracking toward he's not. I would assume he's I mean, not going to play. Yeah, he's I mean, still he's, in concussion protocol. He's still not practicing. Yeah. Well, yeah, they said, I heard this morning, they said that he's got to obviously clear clear concussion protocol, but then that would have to happen before the walkthrough tomorrow, and that would be the only practice he gets, which is, let's. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, not a bad thing. Practice. They are playing. They are playing the Texans. He doesn't need that much yeah. practice. He'll be all right. They're horrible. But well, it's week, week yeah. twelve. Hopefully, you know the offense by now. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I think it's very unlikely that we get him back, which sucks because I need him badly in two leagues. But obviously, uh, there's another case. You know, you're talking about a head injury and a and a guy who is a high draft pick that you hope for the future probably be better yeah. for him not to play. Yeah, uh, outside of that, I mean, there is talk. Of course, there's been talk, it feels like, the past four weeks that Kenny Galladay was going to be back. Kenny Galladay may be back. He at least is practicing. Yeah, he practiced last week. Whoopty fucking do. I'll believe when I see him on the field at this point. I'm just, unless Galladay's out. Stafford hurt his thumb, which they did not look very good last week. And now Hawkinson's injured and very limited, too. Like, Detroit, Thanksgiving, Marvin Hall. Maybe a little David Blau. Hey, the the only know. good thing is, you know, they're playing a horrible Texans team, so it'll at least be a game. Somehow, some way or another, it'll at least be a decent game. This is the Quintez Cephas breakout. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but yeah, as for that, I'm I'm avoiding all Lions this week. Unless Galladay or Swift, if they both go, I'm playing them. Outside of them, I'm, I'm out. I'm out on Detroit this week. I don't want anything to do with them. What about you? Yeah, and as much as I'm making fun of them, if I recall, I did pick them, which we'll go over in our. I think we all did. I'm pretty sure all three of us picked them. I did. Oh, to win the division. No. Oh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, I did my I did my uh, picks today because we're we're doing uh, Thanksgiving games preview. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Detroit, I can't quit you. I I blame Dennis. Maybe it's just my (laughs) fondness for Dennis. I want him to get a win. Yeah, I haven't done mine yet, but I can promise you I'll be picking the Houston Texans. Uh, on Carolina's <laughs> side here, P.J. Walker, 10 points, Mike Davis, 15, D.J. Moore, 21, Curtis Samuel, 21, and Robbie Anderson, 11. Walker made his first start and looked decent. What are your thoughts on him? I like him. I was excited. I know you and I watched uh, watched quite a bit of him in uh, yeah. good old XFL. Uh, it was neat that he got a shot. I thought he he was okay. Um, you know, it wasn't lighting the world on fire, but they destroyed their competition. Okay. I thought it looked good. I'm, it looks like Bridgewater's tracking to play again this week, which is more than you can say for Christian McCaffrey. But uh, yeah, but I you know I think Walker's a decent backup quarterback. Um, another question I want to ask before we move on to the next game. 
Moore's third game in a row that he's been good, and Curtis Samuel continues to be good as well. Are we starting to move them over Robbie Anderson? I don't know about over, but it might be more like a Steelers situation where you have three guys and one or two of them is going to be good every week, and you may pick the wrong one. Robbie Anderson might be the Juju Smith-Schuster of that group too. Yeah. I feel I'll like Samuel's the Claypool. J- DJ Moore is is Deontay Johnson. If I was to liken those three passing course, yeah, I'm just glad Curtis Samuel's coming on. I'm, I, I've just I wish this could have happened earlier in the season, like I was talking about. But I'm happy. But it was that he's like, it was encouraging him. to see him uh, do it as a receiver and not yeah. a lot of his value early in the season has been running the rushing. Yeah. Speaking of Juju Claypool and Deontay, the Steelers beat the Jags 27-3. Big Ben 16 points, Connor 12. Deontay Johnson, Deontay Johnson 23 points. Chase Claypool 15. Eric Ebron 13. The Steelers keep cruising. How worried are you about Juju, though? Oh, I, did you see the injury, by the way? He, so, the rest I flag. know. I was like, you gotta be kidding What a bunch of BS. And just hit it the wrong way, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and he didn't – I don't think he practiced yesterday. So on a short week, I wouldn't be surprised since the Steelers are 10-0 and and the Ravens look terrible and the Steelers look like they are going to be making a playoff run if we don't see him. I mean, it makes total sense to me. It's not like with Johnson and Claypool doing fine and Ebron there and they have Connor and if they needed him, they have James Washington and Ray Ray yeah. McLeod. I, I would – I would almost bet that Juju gets a Thanksgiving week break so that he gets kind of a long stretch to heal up. But that was a freak injury. This, uh, I, other than our love uh, for some of the Steelers pieces in fantasy, this had to have been the worst game of the day. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. From I, a competitive I standpoint, Jacksonville just doesn't exist. I, I honestly did not watch it, any of it. I'm not even going to lie. I like I didn't even realize that Deontay Johnson almost scored uh, until I saw the highlights like yesterday. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I avoided this game at all costs. On Jacksonville's side, James Robinson, a little bit of a down game here with 11 points in Shark 8. Uh, seems like after the first week of uh, the future, I believe Dennis called him the future Tom Brady, jokingly, of course. But uh, Well, he looks Jay- like 2020 Tom Brady. So. That is true. Uh, Jake Luton experiment is a bust. Uh, it is trending toward Minshew coming back and probably not at any better point getting the Browns, Miles Garrett and Denzel Wardless as well as Denzel Ward has now been ruled out as well. So the two best defensive players for the Browns are out. Uh, what are your thoughts here with Minshew coming back? Does that give you any hope for either one of these guys? Um. Free DJ Shark. I mean, poor guy. Luton looked decent his first week. He has looked he looked pretty poor his second week. He looked like a complete bust this week. I know the Steelers have a good defense, but that was I mean, he put up negative points in regulation scoring. He put up like negative twenty five in Scott Fishbowl. It was (laughs) it was a lot. You if you uh, if you had to start him like I did in some super flex leagues uh, where um, I forgot to go back uh, because I thought Drew Locke was not going to play all week. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to pick up Rip and I'll just put Luton in. And I forgot to go back and, and replace him. Not that Locke had any kind of a great game, but it would have been better than the negative 1.92 yeah. uh, that I took. But I think, you know, 
after game one, it was fair to wonder, is Minshew going to come back? Because they had talked about benching him. Now it's fair to wonder if Minshew can't come back, are they going to start Mike Lennon? Yeah. Yeah, I I do think from everything I read this morning, he's trending toward playing, so he should be good to go. I, I do think that that helped. James Robinson, I think, is fine either way. Whether it's Minshew or Luton, I think it's one bad game. Robinson he's, has not had less well, than 10 PPR points any game this season. That's still pretty impressive considering and, the dumpster fire of a team. Yeah, the one thing I will say in Robinson's favor, and I don't know how many people know this. I honestly, Again, I did not watch this game, so I didn't know this until today when I found this from found out from somebody else. They pulled him the last eight minutes of the game. They pulled him A and Chark because they did yeah. not want them to get hurt. So if they pulled him yeah. to me, that makes it even more. I think they see Robinson as a piece of their future because if he's a guy you're not planning on keeping, you leave him out there and just let him keep running. You don't care. So that that may be another reason why he didn't have even more points. But Chark is the one that worries me more. Again, Maybe it was Minshew's hand that was causing him the issues, but we talked about it right before he got benched. I mean, Minshew was missing Chark on wide. Like, Chark was getting wide open on some plays, and and Minshew was missing him. Hopefully it was just the thumb as someone who owns Chark, but I'm a little bit worried about Minshew coming back and maybe not still being able to hit him. Uh, Titans beat the Ravens here 32-24 Ryan Tannehill 21 points Derrick Henry 20 AJ Brown 16 Corey Davis 16 and Jonu Smith 12 Davis continues he's had one bad week so far this year has been phenomenal what is his value for you in Dynasty he will be a free agent so no guarantee he comes back to Tennessee is he a buy for you in Dynasty and what, what like what is his value for you yeah, I think he is kind of a buy low because people are still pretty out on him. I mean, even us, we have trouble ranking him, you know, out of the 40s, even though he's been consistently pretty solid uh, all season. He missed a couple of games due to injury, and he had one game where he basically got ghosted in a game where Ryan Tannehill, I think, only threw it 21 times and only had 12 completions. Outside of that, he's been a pretty solid flex play, if nothing else, wide receiver two or three. There's some potential if he re-signs here. Obviously, they they found something that works uh, opposite AJ Brown. He's not he's not a number one guy, but I think his value has gone so low that he is kind of a good buy low and stash. Because what if he ends up being a complimentary piece in a better offense? <laughs> Had a good game. Oh, it, it, oh did he? After he tried to throw it away, wait till you get to that part of the show sheet. You better read the okay, with the emphasis. I will, I will promise I will read the whole thing. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't know what I'd pay to get him because you're right. As much as uh, as good as he's been this year, I still have a hard time trusting him. It's four yeah. years of nothing, and he's finally turned on. He's Devonte Parker this year, and I refused oh. to buy Devonte Parker last year. And I think the biggest thing for me as well that worries me a little bit, although I feel like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here, is because I've mentioned in the past I thought Corey Davis was talented. It's just he didn't fit well in this Tennessee offense. Now he's fitting well in this Tennessee offense, and he's going to be a free agent. So I don't know where he's going to go. No guarantee he goes somewhere that he's going to be good there. He may go to an even worse Uh offense. So I would buy him just – if you could, it would just depend on what he's like. If someone's like, yeah, to give me a second form, I'd probably do that. I mean, so, I mean, what if he went over to a team like a Washington where they have literally nothing opposite Terry McLaurin? You're talking about a guy who is, you know, 
I don't know how that would be worse than Tennessee. Nick has always loved Corey Davis. Well, Nick, what would yeah, you what would I, you pay for him? What would you pay for him if if someone was willing to offer? You know, obviously, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd give a first, but as, as a second fair value for him, is that he does have. He still, in my opinion, does have that stigma that a lot of people don't think he's been good. And again, he's been phenomenal this year. He really has. Yeah. See, my worry with with uh, one ten to two hundred five. Okay. See, it'd be hard for me to do one ten, but I'm also fascinated with draft picks. That's my biggest issue. But see, the thing is, I don't think you have to pay a, a low a low one. I think you could get a middle to low yeah. too. Most people don't. Most people are not paying that much attention. I'm in a 16-team league where we start seven, three of which are wide receivers plus a flex, so wide receiver value is always inflated, and it's always a thin market. Somebody wanted to try to trade for him, and the guy was like, well, I'll take your low end first. And they're like, no, it's way too high. I'll give you a low end second. That's what people value him as. So like, if you yeah. came in and you had like a middle to upper tier second and you were like, hey, do you want to take – I bet you could get that no problem. Yeah, it'll be a, on Washington, though. If he, I, I think it'd be a great spot for him to play opposite of Terry McLaurin. My biggest question is who's going to be the quarterback because I, I don't think it's going to be Haskins moving forward, and I don't think it'll be Alex Smith. And so it'll be who do they get in the draft possibly to come in there or free agent. We'll see. Uh, but, I, I mean, I honestly think with what he's shown this year, he – it might, unless he goes to Baltimore, which we're about to talk about here in a minute. I think he could probably thrive anywhere he goes. Uh, Baltimore. Baltimore. Yeah, I know. On Baltimore side, Lamar Jackson, 16 points. Dobbins, 18. Mark Andrews, 20. Uh, Dobbins finally gets the big snap share here. Shines looks like he's going to be the guy moving forward. Test positive for COVID yesterday with Mark Ingram. He's out. So that's wonderful. <laughs> I don't have Gus Bus. Let's go. You Gus Edwards, can't, fire it up. Can't make this up. I know, can't man. Gus 2020 up. sucks, dude. It is horrible. Um, even bigger thing, and, and I found out some very interesting news on this player today. We were dead wrong on this guy. Marquise Hollywood Brown. We were joking about not calling uh, him Hollywood Ricky, anymore. Ricky had the best Marquise Child Star Brown. Well, so here's the thing. He's actually from Hollywood, Florida, not Hollywood, California. So we can't even use the the California stuff. It's Hollywood, Florida. Well, he is playing like he's from Hollywood, Florida, to be honest. That is true. Yeah. He's a Florida man of uh, the NFL football right now. Yeah. I don't, uh, I just, well, I, knew, I found that out today and I was, thought that was actually kind of. Didn't they weird. originally start calling him Hollywood too? Because they were trying to differentiate between him and AJ Brown in the draft process. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. I was never um, a big fan of his anyways. So I don't know. I mean, he's a phenomenal player. I meant like his coming out of college, he was not a guy I was drafting high. So I don't know. But what are you doing with him if you own him? I don't. I, I legitimately don't own him anywhere i keep saying yeah, I, mean, I shouldn't say that rostered, rostered. i do not roster yeah. him anywhere it, we're working on it it's just like i accidentally used washington thanks, thanks for uh, checking in nick we're glad to have uh thanks for sure, your tweets made sure to check back later and hear matt go off about um, your, your boy melvin gordon oh my wife actually uh texted down to see if i was okay if someone had died after <laughs> after that goal line fumble because i screamed so many profanity <laughs> anyway uh you know so des bryant led them in receiving on yeah uh, among receivers obviously andrews was yeah, their yeah. best pass catcher but three targets no receptions they invested a decent amount of draft capital he seemed like a talented guy a prospect this passing game 
doesn't look good, is not working, but there's got to be, I feel like, something else. He and Jackson are just not on the same page, and we've heard him chirp a little bit about targets and wanting to get yeah. involved, and either they're deciding not to get him involved or they can't figure out how to get him involved, but he, he is another one. He should be on your bench. I mean, yeah. you're not dropping him, but he should not be playing. Oh, I think in redraft you can drop them. Dynasty, no. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, Dynasty, Dynasty you're not dropping. Uh, yeah. Well, it goes back to that tweet I sent out. I think it was Sunday, and I agreed with it. I'm saying it's something I've been saying. I, I just think that this offense has been figured out, and, and that's part of the problem. And now some of that may. The other tweet did say, you know, they didn't get a chance to do or build anything new into this offense in the off season. So all these defenses, as I mentioned, now you get a whole year. Uh, this mm-hmm. defense is to learn, and you even heard we talked about a couple weeks ago. Lamar Jackson mentioned it in that interview. The defenses know what we're running. They 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 call they're calling out the plays as we come to the line. That's not good. That's bad. And we've mentioned it before. And again, I've gotten much hate for it. Lamar Jackson still is struggling to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. He makes NFL throws at times. He makes elite throws. I'm not saying he's not an elite quarterback. He can be, but he's still struggling to throw the ball. He missed, you know. Baker, well, I'm they, not comparing him to Baker, but yeah, you know they they're not making adjustments, and a lot of Brown's value to me last year was hitting on some huge touchdown plays, yeah. which don't seem to be present in the Browns' offense. Period. It's hurt their rush rush offense, the value for fantasy, and yeah. now it's actually start. They the, as of this week, they dropped out of. We're going to talk about it in our next episode. They dropped out of. If the playoffs started today, they're not Thank in God. it. Thank God. Yeah, I um. Uh, well, see, I think that's the biggest issue, though, is that last year you had to be so worried about Lamar running the ball that I think that's what helped open up the passing game because if you go and look at some of those big plays, they were Brown getting wide open because you had everybody flooding the box. Now it seems like defense is like, you know what, Lamar, you want to beat us, go ahead. You can beat us with your legs because we're just going to hit you as soon as you start running if we can get a hat on you because, again, it's not easy to tackle Lamar Jackson. I, I understand it's not a – I've watched the dude run many times against the Brown. He's elusive as all get out. But it looks like to me whenever I'm watching them play, defenses are saying beat us with your arm, and he is not able to do it. And if that's what they're going to keep doing, you're not, you're not going to get that value from Brown. I mean, this is the first big game we've seen out of Andrews in a while too. He's had a couple good games, but this is the first I think I, I probably go, look, has he had another 20-point game all year except for I think maybe week one or two when he oh, scored yeah. the two touchdowns? Yeah, Andrews – has dropped in a valley. I actually, um, in my work league, I played Taysom Hill at tight end because I could. But prior to that, I had actually taken Andrews out for a couple weeks and put Hawkinson in over him because it was too unreliable. It does look like, though, I I will say the week prior um, in week 10, uh, when Boyle got injured, that seemed to signal Andrews was going to be out there more and maybe not splitting targets as much. So maybe feeling a little bit better about him going forward. But it's been there is no Browns player or there is no excuse me Ravens player that has produced the way you expected this year. And some of them have been real toss ups to play. Uh, you know, preseason, Dennis thought Andrews could make a case to be tight end one. And I think I had him you know, tied in one too. At, at fantasy, I think we all had him at least in the top three, and yep. it just hasn't looked like it. 
Okay, so he hasn't been as bad as I thought, and we'll get to your question in just a minute, uh, Kellis Talks. Uh, so week one, he had the 20-point game. Week four, 19. Week five, 14. Then he had a bunch of bad games up until this one, 18 points, or 20 points, I'm sorry. So he's had four good games so far this season. But, I mean, a lot of, like, single-digit four- and three-point games in between those big games, that's where his that's where he's killing you. I think I'm playing... DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, and so Hunt DJ DJ Moore because the Panthers are playing the Vikings. Oh yeah. Well, that means I'm going and, Jefferson too. Then at that point, with as bad as, especially with Thielen uh, out, but I think with Thielen out, they'll rotate all their. I mean, who else challenges them as a pass catcher? Uh, and also, good. Carolina's worse against the run, so fire up. Yeah. So Calvin DJ Cook. Hunt, 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 Hunt. Who are we playing this week? Who are we playing? We Jacksonville. Playing oh God, dude, but Jacksonville's horrible against the run too. I might want to go. Well, uh-huh. but with Chubb, I don't know. I'm probably yeah. That's I'm taking I, I'm Hunt just... out for a minute. So DK for sure. You can't ever sit DK. I know no. he's had a bad game here and there. You can't sit. DK. Maybe you've talked me into DK Metcalf, Jefferson, and more because I forgot Tennessee's playing the Colts. Oh yeah, Monday night. No, it's not Monday night game. Yeah, it is, isn't it? I thought they played Monday night. Monday night or Sunday night. They have a they have a standalone game. I know that because I have Taylor and I was looking at the thing. I'll pull it up really quick. Okay. I thought Seattle and Philly was the Monday night game. Then maybe it's a Sunday night game. Sunday well, night's Bears Packers. So it's just a, I could have swore they maybe I obviously I'm wrong. Um see, but AJ Brown had a good game against the Colts last time. And he could have had an even bigger one if he didn't have to drop that touchdown pass. That or that's what happened. He only had like the five points, but he dropped the touchdown pass. Man, that's tough. I think I'm avoiding Chark. <laughs> yeah, Chark's the only one I'd rule out. I don't know that you can go wrong with that group. I Hunt, I would also take out just because he's in a split, and you never know yeah. how that's going to go. But among those I'm four going, receivers, I don't know. You could go wrong picking three of those, but I think DK. I'm going to settle on DK. DK and more for sure. Then it's DK just down to Brown and Jefferson. That's the hard one. Depends. On, I guess I'll go with Brown again. Because you're right. Yeah. You did, because you Tennessee has to win this game, too. They have to win this game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, DK, Brown, and more for us than six point per pass touchdown. Hill, Ryan, or Wentz. I'm going Hill. I mean, I don't know. I'm definitely not going Wentz. I'll tell you that right now. I'm avoiding Carson Wentz, even with the six points per touchdown. Atlanta's Wentz. playing the Raiders, so I don't think that's a great matchup either. Yeah, so I'm going Taysom how they're Hill. Playing. I'm going with Taysom Hill also. I mean, not only is he playing the Broncos. Again, Broncos did look pretty good against Tua. But you know where you also get six points for a touchdown? Rushing touchdowns, yeah. And- that's what I was going to say. He brings you that added rushing. That also helps you. So even if he only throws you, say, one to passing touchdown, but he gets you a couple rushing touchdowns and a bunch of rushing yards, I'll take it. So I'm going Hill there. I think he clearly has the most upside out of the other two. Just curious who the Eagles play, even though I'm, I'm definitely not the taking The Eagles play the Seahawks. Oh, man. That might be like the one time Wentz has a good game, though. See, but their defensive know, line the is way so he's good. Playing. Yeah, and that defensive well, line is still defense- really good. They were able to bottle up Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. I feel like they may have taken a little bit of a step forward. They've been working on that defense. 
All right, so Texans and Patriots here. Texans beat the Patriots 27 Another game like, that didn't go like how I expected. Yeah, like we all expected. Uh, Newton, 19 points. Harris, 12. White, 14. And Demir, Bird, 26. Burkhead, apparently also was a horrific injury. I did not see yeah. it. Was it bad? Yeah. I know. Did something to his knee. I don't, well, yeah, I know he tore for like, sure his ACL. Well, yeah, I know. A lot of replays. On uh yeah, the Andrew Siciliano said NBC refused to show the replay. I guess it looked that bad. Yeah. I don't know. He said I heard him say it on Red Zone. So he's obviously out. Are you expecting White to pick up that role? You know, Michelle got he activated, did on but but we didn't see any of Michelle. Are you expecting Michelle to come back? I mean, it was weird for Harris because Harris did almost all of his work in the first half and then did like nothing the entire second half of the game. He had four literally the well, forty eight yards of touchdown in the first half of the game. It's because they got down and they're not using Harris as a pass catcher, pass which would also okay. kind of rule out Michelle in that role too. White went into that. We had talked about how Burkhead had kind of seemed to take that kind of James White yeah. role in the passing uh, red zone, third down kind of looks. White went right back into that and was productive. He actually had a pretty decent day on Sunday, so I do expect him to slide right back in there. The question is Michelle obviously was ready to come back and they inactivated him, which kind of tells you that they're, they're on Harris. So does Sony Michelle become like that goal line vulture that just ruins your day? I feel like that's where it's tracking. Yeah, probably because I've bought so many Harris in so many places and need him the next two weeks. That's exactly. And also, uh, just because we all got comfortable starting Jacoby Myers, he <laughs> yeah, fundamentally disappears. Demir Bird. Oh God, I hate the Patriots. Uh, for Houston side here, Deshaun Watson thirty-one points, Duke Johnson six, Will Fuller fourteen, and Brandon Cooks. You know, Deshaun Watson is like the only quarterback that makes the argument that. Uh, Wins is not a QB stat. I will say that. I argue all the time that wins is a team stat, but golly, does Watson not win a lot of games for the Texans? Uh, that being said, Duke Johnson has looked like absolute dookie out there with David Johnson being out. Is Duke a sit for you moving forward? Yeah, I mean, we thought he might roll. David Johnson was not incredible, but he was a pretty solid running back. He was an RB. He was a 20, yeah. 21 every single week. Duke Johnson's a pretty solid RB4. Yeah. Uh, even with the with the full workload, it's, yeah. He, he, I made that mistake. I thought maybe it would be a little bit better against the Patriots, but it was, it was worse, and I just don't see. I mean, Detroit's another plum matchup, but why would you think it's going to be any different? Yeah. All right, the Chargers beat the Jets here 34-228. LaMichael P. Ryan, 9 points. Frank Gore, 15. Perriman, 13. And Denzel Mims, 10. Uh, Jets almost blow it with a win with Falco. Will he go back to the bench if Darnold gets healthy? P. Ryan injured. Is it back to Frank Gore? Yeah, so I think Gore is the last man standing kind of there. It was kind of a bummer. They were like, we're going to start featuring LaMichael P. Ryan, and he gets injured. At least he got a touchdown. Didn't look too bad. I wish he um, wouldn't have I think... a touchdown. I played against him and lost by six points. So just saying. Um, I feel like they've looked better with Flacco. I don't think they should be trying to win right now, especially since Jacksonville looks incapable of winning. Um, so they might go back to Darnold just for the sake of Darnold hasn't looked as good as Joe Flacco has the last couple of weeks. I mean, they almost came back and won that game against the chargers, 
which would have been really interesting, probably would have made Jets fans angry because at this point I got to figure they're just hoping to take an offer and take Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, I would think that Darnold's going to come back this week, which probably kills Perriman's value, Mims' value, and probably only helps Crowder. Crowder. Probably. I know Crowder has disappeared with Joe Flacco because prior to that, he was a fairly reliable starter for the Jets. Uh, But, you know, Flacco does like to throw it more vertically. On the Chargers side, Justin Herbert, 27 points, Kalen Balaj, 14, Keenan Allen, 34, Mike Williams, 17, and Hunter Henry, 14 points. I'm going to start with Keenan Allen because I take offense to the Herbert question, and we'll get to that in a minute. Um, Keenan Allen is now 14 receptions away from setting the record to fastest with 600 catches in the NFL career. Antonio Brown holds that right now. So if he can get 14 catches, I believe it's in two more games, which seems very possible with the way Herbert targets him he will actually be the uh the leader in that um Keenan Allen a hall of famer for you because I think so but a lot of people don't like Keenan Allen for some reason I mean potentially uh he has had a very quietly steady I think it's because he's never been on a team the Chargers even when they were going pretty well with uh Rivers weren't didn't seem like that flashy national. Well, they, they relied teams. on Ladanian so much back then, I think. Yeah, but most of Keenan Allen's has come after Tomlinson. Was it? I thought the first part of it was Ladanian. Was with Ladanian well, I there? Think I, Keenan, I think Keenan Oops. Allen's only played six or seven seasons. Let's see. He was hurt a lot at the beginning. Yeah, I know. Well, see, that's the one thing I could see people holding against him. But even then, like he's been, I mean. I mean, his running back most of the time was Melvin. Yeah, seven years. Yeah. Yeah, seven years. Yeah, you're right. So I think it's just been an under the radar. He got hurt uh, a couple of times early on. He kind of got tagged with that injury prone label, even though people said the kind of injuries he had were more fluke things and that shouldn't be. And he's been reliably steady there. He's played for some bad teams, too, down there, you know, and I think that people are always prone to uh, kind of build up Antonio Gates, one of the all-time greats at tight end, um, was kind of there, overshadowed him a little. He's just been quietly incredible. He's He's been one of the best receivers in football this year. Yeah. Um, and and you don't hear them. T- you know, we talk, we've talked about Metcalf. We've talked about how much Ridley's coming on. Julio's still there with what he's doing is equally as impressive as, as any of those aside from maybe a, a Devonte Adams and Deandre Hopkins, he's put up the best kind of season going on. Look, yeah. you found a, let's go. That's right. Absolutely. Let's go Browns. Hope we need a win so, this week, man. We need a win big time this week. It's going to be, this is a trap game right here. I am honestly terrified of this game. We always lose to Jacksonville and this just seems like the game, you know, you should win and we're going to blow it. And I believe it's Stefanski, so I'm hoping that doesn't happen. But I'm a little bit worried about this being a trap game. Yeah, I mean, with Allen, I'm looking at his stats right here. So 1,000 yards in his first year, so his rookie year, then 700, 700, then he gets hurt, only plays the one game, then 1,300. Literally four yards short of 1,200, one yard short of 1,200, and on pace right now for probably close to the same with already 835 receiving yards. So, I mean, he's – I think he's got a Hall of Fame – 
career trajectory, I guess is the way to put it. If he continues playing like this, in my opinion, he gets there. Let me tell you, he doesn't get that record if Tyrod stays his quarterback the whole year. Now for the other question, because if you were in the Discord yesterday, you saw me kind of going at it with a couple people on this. Has Herbert sewed up Rookie of the Year? Herbert sewed up Rookie of the Year like five weeks ago, in my opinion. I understand I'm his biggest supporter and everything, but looking at the stats, and again, this is through 10 games, so Herbert's only played nine games because he did not start in week one. Ten games. 65% completion percentage, 2,688 yards, and 13 touchdowns for Mr. Joseph Burrow. Justin Herbert, in nine games, 68% completion percentage, 2,699, so 11 more yards, 22 touchdowns. He's almost doubled him in touchdowns. He'll double him probably this week with the fact that he tends to throw three a game, he's going to break Baker's touchdown record, which couldn't happen to a better kid. I hate to see Baker lose it, but if it's going to Justin Herbert, I'm pretty happy. Likely in the next two games, because the record's 26. So if he throws three... 27. Ah, damn it. I always think it's 26. Okay, so he probably ties it or breaks it in two or three weeks right now. For me, I understand... Everybody's first going to say, well, he has a better offensive line. That's where you'd be wrong. Los Angeles' offensive line is ranked 10th right now. The Bengals third. So, yes, he's seven spots better. That's really not that much better, though, for all being honest with each other. Then people want to say, well, he's got better weapons around him. Really? Keenan Allen? That's it. Hunter Henry? We all talk about Hunter Henry being good. Where's Hunter Henry been all year? Where has Mike Williams been all year? You're telling me that if you were to do a draft of these players, it would go Keenan Allen, then in my opinion, he'd probably go Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, before you get to Mike Williams or Hunter Henry. Would you agree with that? We'd probably take Hunter Henry over Mike Williams. Oh, okay, yeah, but still, you're taking Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins first. After Keenan Allen. I'm taking Keenan Allen first, so he's got the best one. Then you go, okay, Austin Eckler. He played a quarter with Austin Eckler before Austin Eckler got hurt. And you cannot tell me... He's been doing it with Kalen Balazs, Jalen Guyton, Joe Reed, Donald Parham. Right. I mean, that's it's that's not even what, been his that, big weapons. It's but been, that's what I'm saying. He's that's elevating where, everyone else. That's where my thing is where I think Herbert has proved that he's better. Again, nothing against Joe Burrow. I love Joe Burrow. I, I do think he's a phenomenal player. But in my opinion, from what we've seen out of Herbert, what's going on? I so for really the past four or five weeks, as you just mentioned, he's elevated players that we were literally, I was literally calling him Kalen garbage three weeks ago because he's nothing. And all of a sudden he looks like a world beater. Now maybe that's Gase and not Herbert. And that was a fair point that someone brought out. That may be true, but Herbert has elevated guys. We have never, I didn't even know there was a person named Jalen Guyton in the NFL. Well, up until you, Herbert uh, became a starter. You, if you read more things off of uh, Dynasty Nerds, a fantastic website, you might it have is a fantastic website. You might have heard there might have been somebody uh, that you speak to on a regular basis that wrote about Jalen Guyton. Well, I did not. I tend not to read anybody else's articles because I barely have time to write my own. So that's that's well, part of my problem. I think don't you worry, and I, give I, you both... the, I give you the clicks. So I give you the clicks. I click. I just don't always read. Um. Yes, obviously, I'm terrified. I mentioned that earlier, that Denzel Ward is going to be out. That's a big loss for us. Uh, he stepped a big time Sunday. He was the by far the best player on defense, in my opinion, with, with Garrett being out. Ha- not having him to cover Chark is not, um, not, not a good feeling. But 
I mean, if the defensive line can step up the way they did Sunday, then we'll see. We're going to need, I think we're going to need to rely more on Baker this week than anything else right now. Ba- Baker's going to have to come through. Uh, but so, yeah, back to the rookie of the year discussion for me. So, I think it's Ben Herbert for the past five weeks. That's just well, you my and I, You and I both had Herbert as our midseason rookie of the year. I think the thing is, people said it was close and it was still, you have to wait and see how it shook out the rest of the season. It's unfortunate what happened to Burrow. I would have had Herbert ahead of Burrow at that point in time too. I think it just basically, I don't really know that there's anyone you can make a strong argument for other than maybe a James Robinson. James um, Robinson would be the one for me because he was undrafted. And that, like, that's the same thing in all honesty. I said about Philip Lindsay, his rookie year it was like, dude, like, I get that these guys, you know, like, uh, who was it that won it his year? Was it was it Barkley? Was that Barkley mm, Baker? Would have been two seasons ago. So, yeah, Barkley Baker. It probably was Barkley, yeah. So that would have been that was my biggest argument for Philip Lindsay is we all knew Barkley was gonna be good. He was the second overall pick. Philip Lindsay went undrafted and put up a thousand yard season. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, but Bar- again, Barkley was phenomenal. I don't want to take anything away from Barkley, but yeah, I, James Robinson, I, I can see fair argument for Joe Burrow. I just he hasn't been as good, and in my opinion. The drop off from what the Chargers are doing to what the Bengals are doing offensively is not that big a deal, but Herbert's elevating people around him. And that throw he made to Keenan Allen Sunday was just, I mean, it's jaw dropping, jaw dropping. All right. Uh, Broncos upsetting Miami, just like we all expected uh, when we made our picks here. <laughs> Dolphins lose 13 to 20, two of seven points. Salvon Ahmed, 12. Devontae Parker, 18. Mike Gusecki, 8. Tua got pulled in this one. It looked injury-related, but then Brian Foreman said it was performance-related. What does this mean for you going forward? Um, Yeah, so I thought for sure it was injury-related because on his last play before he came out, the way he got hit and his ankle bent under him and he came limping off and he had had an ankle injury during the week. Um, He didn't look incredible and he was getting beaten up. I some... I somewhat wonder if Flores isn't saying it was performance related so that people don't think he's hurt and are, aren't going to target him. Um, but I think at best it had to have been a combination um, mm-hmm. of both. I It's a terrible sign because we were surprised when they pulled Fitzpatrick to put yeah. Tua in. And then all Tua had done is win three, his first three starts. He didn't always look incredible. If you're going to pull him for performance, even though they were winning that Rams game, he didn't have very good numbers in that Rams game. And he didn't look like he was completing a lot. Um, In a one score game against a team that hasn't been very consistent, it seemed very surprising to me that they made that move. Yeah, I, I think for me, it just means you cannot trust Tua in fantasy moving forward because if they're, I, I would imagine they're not going to keep pulling him in and out. But if they do, if you're only going to keep getting seven points from him and then they pull him, if he starts struggling again, it's going to ruin your fantasy football season. So at this point, I think you've got to pivot off him. I, I don't, I don't know what else to say. As for Chase Young. Uh, he's been phenomenal, uh, but I don't think he's they, been good enough to be no, a rookie. The season. NFL does offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year. They don't oh, put right. them together. So Chase Young probably is a strong candidate to win defensive rookie of the year. He's not competing with Herbert. 
trying to think of who else would even be in the discussion. Among defenders, I mean, we haven't seen great shakes from Okuda. Um, yeah. Maybe Isaiah Simmons. Third on that. Now, Isaiah Simmons only had two good games. It might yeah, be trying to Chase Young by default. I know there's a cornerback, well, but I can't Chase, think of who it is off the top of my Chase head. Chase Young has good. looked uh, has looked pretty good. I mean, he had a little bit of injury time, but that's one of the quirks of how the NFL does it. Uh, a defensive player could be eligible for NFL MVP, though it would be hard to win that. Uh, but they have their defensive player of the year, offensive player of the year. Same with rookies: offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year. All right. Do I have to yell when I read this all cap stuff, or can I just can I just read it? I'm, I'm you can you can just read. You could just read. Okay. I just wanted just wanted to be on the safe side. <laughs> all right. So on Denver's side here, Locke eleven points, Gordon eighteen, Philip Lindsay eight, Tim Patrick sixteen, and Noah Fant nine. Um, the question here, why do the Broncos continue to use Gordon in crucial spots when Philip Lindsay has never once in his entire NFL career fumbled the fucking football? Yes. Melvin Gordon has lost four fumbles for the Broncos this year, including as he's going toward the goal line, laying the ball on the ground in a one score game. It was like they finally got in the red zone. They're talking about how, well, at worst, Denver's going to be up 10 points here because they're, you know, they're already in field goal range. They're going to be up two scores. As soon as they handed it to Gordon, I was like, I don't have a good feeling about this. And as I watched the ball come out, I just like unleashed a torrent to which, you know, my wife came to check to see, you know, if the world had ended, had the United States been conquered by a foreign power. Uh, it was tough. And I honestly, ball security has been so bad. Gordon has done some good things. I'm going to say he had some excellent runs in there. Um, he had a couple of good touchdown plays. He is a very excellent pass blocker. Um, mm-hmm. That has really helped them on some third down and some obvious passing situations, especially with an uneven line. But <laughs> ball security and sometimes just watching him run in crucial plays. They had a fourth and short. They gave it to him, and he just got he just got stoned at the line uh, right after Lindsey had come in and just powered through a bunch of stuff, dragging people. I just it very the running back rotation frustrates me to no end, even in victory. Hasn't Arnett been hurt though? See, that's my thing. I know Young missed the one game. Arnett's been decent. Okuda's been okay. see the thing with well, Okuda. Okuda hasn't been good, and I love Detroit. Okuda, but, Detroit hasn't been good, so yeah. But I don't. Okuda, I think only has the one interception on the air. I don't think he has many pass deflections. I mean, he's been relegated to the third on the depth chart. They they got Walker yeah. back and they moved Okuda to the third cornerback. I mean, I don't. If he's been that good, I would think they wouldn't put him there. And I loved Okuda coming out. I was hoping the Browns would get so, him. To be honest with you. Patrick Queen has not been too bad for Patrick Queen Baltimore. Yeah. Um, But Chase Young, I mean, NFL, let's see, when did they post this? That was during the summer. Um, Yeah, I mean, Chase Young, somebody mentioned Kenneth Murray for the Chargers. I don't really remember seeing a bunch. Linebacker. No, I know he's played. Uh, there's two candidates they mentioned potentially for Jacksonville, Clavon Chasen and Henderson. Henderson but have they Henderson's been so the bad? Cornerback. Henderson's the cornerback, though, that I know has been has been good. Yeah, that mean then. 
I just don't think there's been a defensive rookie that's been incredibly exceptional right now. Yeah, well, I agree. That's why I said it, it might go to unfortunately. Again, not saying Young has been bad, but it I might think go to he's Young. Been good. Just, yeah, based yeah. on because he's been the best out of what's been a not very good class. Uh, Cowboys upset the Vikings 31 28. Andy Dalton 19 points, Zeke 19, Pollard 12, CD Lamb 16 with a catch of the year uh, candidate, and Amari Cooper 14 points. The Cowboys looked better. Do they have enough now to win the AFC, the NFC East? They do not have enough to win the AFC East because Buffalo and Miami both look better. They might be better than the Patriots, though. Uh, But the NFC East, I I really – I don't think it's going to be Philadelphia. It's going to be one of those other three. And so somebody after this week uh, out of that Thanksgiving Day game is going to be on top uh, with, you know, between Washington and Dallas are playing. So we're guaranteed somebody is going to get to four wins. Dallas has probably the best pieces on both sides of the ball. And with Andy Dalton, they have a good, a decent veteran quarterback. Yeah, Patrick Queen is the one that I think is probably the next best challenger because he's done some yeah. good things for Baltimore. But I think so. I think Dallas does have a decent chance. It's gonna I, five or six wins to me right now at this point in time gets it. I don't think anyone's getting to seven anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know. I'm like I said, I'm rooting for Washington. I want to see Alex Smith get that last playoff run. So that, that's what I'm rooting for. But they, they definitely look like they've got it. Andy Dalton has looked, or at least for the most part, yet yeah, Sunday he looked much better than he did in the first two games. I obviously like it having as many shares of Zeke that I do. I need him to be better, and, and having a comparable passing game is going to help him. <clears throat> On Minnesota's side, Cousins, 22 points. Cook, 25. Adam Thielen, 32. And Justin Who Jackson, had his own 17. fantastic catch. Yes, he did. Yes. I still think Cooper's or Lambs was better. But, yes, Thielen's, Thielen's was uh, beautiful in the one-handed back of the end zone kind of toe-tapper there. Uh, Vikings stumble here. Can they get back on track? And how do you think the offense will fare if Adam Thielen misses time, which I would think he's going to? Yeah, they, they said it hasn't been made clear whether he tested positive or he got put because of close contact tracing. Yeah. And if it's close contact tracing, we have seen, um, you know, He's with Stafford, with Roethlisberger, could come back. You won't know till game day. So I guess we'll have to wait and see how that goes out. I will say Thielen's excellent one-hand catch also became an excellent COVID meme where somebody like yesterday in the morning had him reaching out and catching a, the COVID germs <laughs> made me laugh. Yeah, um, that was uh, someone was saying today. I mean, I guess, uh, I guess, uh, what's it called? Uh, he was he's not social distancing in the end zone, which is probably why he caught COVID because he he's been that's where he's been living lately. He's been phenomenal catching and catching touchdown passes. The Giants have a chance, but I just don't trust uh, Daniel Jones. Um, so. Vikings, you know, they came up with that big win to go to four and five. We talked about how they're on the cusp of getting back to 500 and getting, you know, getting into shape for the race. You even talked about if it ends up being eight teams, they, you know, they could get in there, they could get over Chicago and then they just come out and lose at home to Dallas. So Vikings going to Viking. I don't know if you can trust them. The NFC is more wide open than the AFC. I think the AFC, you're going to need 10 wins to get in. The NFC, yeah. even excluding the East, you might get in with nine 
or eight um, because we had, you know, we've seen more teams coming back uh, to the pack a little bit closer to 500, but they, they're just not consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hope Adam Thielen is going to be able to play. That's about all I got to say. Cause I, I think it's going to, you're going to see a very heavy dose of Dalvin cook. If, if he cannot, uh, I will Colts? say for, uh, for our friend, uh, we too good, uh, that was yes. asking about the giants. Our second episode today, we will be talking about the playoffs. You'll probably yeah. get a better idea of how we think about the giants then. Yeah. We will be going live again in probably two hours from about now. <laughs> Uh, with our other co-hosts, and we will be talking about the playoffs. So that'll give you a better idea, because I honestly, going to be honest, it's been a busy day for me. I have not even looked to see who I'm putting in the playoffs yet. So I can't say I won't have the Giants in. I've got two hours to do it. So uh, most surprising team this year for me is Cleveland. If I'm being honest, I know it may sound like a homer pick, but they're 7-3 and with a new coaching staff on offense, defense, no offseason. I mean, right next to him is the uh, Cardinals. But if I'm being honest, I had the I picked the Cardinals to do well this year. So, yeah, the Cardinals aren't a bad one. I'm almost just going to say Steelers because I thought they'd be better and I thought they'd be in the playoff hunt, but I didn't realize they're. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone expected them. They're probably going to be 11 and 0 after this week. Yeah, yeah, I think I picked them 10 and 6 because I had them making the playoffs, but I had Cleveland ahead of them. I had Baltimore winning the division. And then yeah, I figured Baltimore, they, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. I figured they were going to have the season Baltimore's having. Yeah. Um. So the Colts upset the Packers here, thirty-four, thirty-one. Rogers twenty-one points. Aaron Jones seventeen. Devontae Adams twenty-three. A stumble for the Packers here. Tough fumble in overtime. I did like how Marquez Valdez Scantling stood up in front of the press yesterday and took all the tough questions. Good for that kid. Uh, and I'm going to be honest too. I like how Aaron Rodgers yeah. didn't really. Didn't really come yeah. after him like he used to in the past. Well, he was MBS very positive. had an incredible catch on the yeah. drive that they needed to come back to tie the game. To it's one of those things. He spent too much time training with Melvin Gordon in the offseason, and it's just not <laughs> not paying off for him. Yeah, I, I will say for me, I, I I like I said, I think it was very. That was not the usual Aaron Rodgers you see. Usually yeah. you see Aaron Rodgers pissed off, kind of fire brimstone. He was very kind of upbeat about that loss and everything. I was kind of like, okay, I like this Aaron Rodgers. I like it a lot. And I wouldn't be surprised if they go back to MVS very early in this mm-hmm. next game. God, who just tested positive for the Ravens? Oh, I don't even know who that is. So we're good. Um, we'll get to your questions here in just a minute. We too good in Cameron Benson. Give us give us one second. Let us get through this game. Uh, for Indy, 21 for Rivers, 15 for Jonathan Taylor, Pittman 15, and Trey Burton 10. Are the Colts developing into real contenders in the AFC after we all left them for dead? I think sadly they are. And Rivers is well, still not my favorite and not incredibly impressive. He has looked better, and the offense seems to have found a groove. They found something good with Pittman. They found something with the tight ends. Um, you know, Jonathan Taylor got a chance and actually looked good yesterday. Their defense is solid. I, You know, I, I think they are in the discussion there. Obviously, in front of their division, that win – against the Packers was a must win. and was a real signature win. Uh, I'll be curious to see how they do down the stretch. Yeah. Uh, for me, I, I mean, they're clearly contenders. I don't, I don't, I don't think there's any way to say they're not, they're sitting there 
at the top of the division right now. Huge game this week. If they beat Tennessee, they almost have a stranglehold on the AFC South at the moment. Going yeah, because they will have three swept games them. up. Yeah, so it, that's huge for them. Pittman looks amazing. He's a guy that I think if you were able to get him off your waiver wire and redrafts, he's a league winner at this point with the way they go to him. Pretty much forgotten T.Y. Hilton even exists, it looks like, for, for Rivers. My biggest thing is, do I want to do it? Do I want to trust in Jonathan Taylor? Because he looked amazing. He, he really looked amazing. But I feel like this is going to be the Jordan Wilkins game now this <laughs> week. You just need to slap that man. I'm ready to get hurt again. I am ready to get hurt again. He's going back in. RB1. RB12 on the season, baby. Let's go, Taylor. Let's go. I never jumped off the train. I may have I may have wavered. I may have wavered, but I never jumped off. I still you may have you, fallen baby. into the undercarriage, but you were still on the train. Exactly. I was still there. I never left. All right. Most disappointing team? That's a good question. Dallas. I don't know. See, but can they be disappointing? Because Dak got, I mean, they weren't great when Dak played, but Dak got hurt. You would think they probably were going to go eight and eight, which is what right. I picked them to be anyways. Wow. They were incredibly, they were incredibly disappointing before he got hurt. Oh, I know they should have been zero and four, but I'm saying like Dak yeah. would have found a way to get him to eight and eight. Cause that's what they do. I don't know. I'm trying to think of somebody. I mean, I want to say San Francisco, but I think I had them the worst in the division in the beginning of the year. And that's really injuries. They've just been decimated. Can I say Baltimore? Because I think they're the worst six and four team in the league. Baltimore has been a little bit of a a fall. I'm going to go with Baltimore. Baltimore You know, that takes me back. Most surprising team of the year. I forgot. It's the Dolphins. I thought they'd be better, but I did not think I they'd had be them just playoff the players. Yeah, but I, I, was, I didn't. I had them as five yeah. and eleven. I thought they'd be a fun. Well, to yeah, watch neither did. Uh, 11, I don't think Dennis was in Dennis on them either. Not. I think he had it was the Patriots because he was down on the Bills. I almost had him in the playoffs, but I put the Raiders in, which Raiders look good too. I, I feel like that, but that was also. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna pretend like I thought it was gonna be Tua. I thought it was gonna be Fitzpatrick. So that that's been a little bit surprising. But I don't think I had him. I think I had him at seven and so what would that have been seven and nine, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's what I had him at. I, I mean, I didn't have him at like 500 or making the playoffs, but I thought they'd be better. But yeah, I I could see the argument there now because I honest. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't have the Buccaneers making the playoffs until I was peer pressured uh, into putting them the in. Bu- I did not. The Buccaneers are about what seven I and four. Yeah, they're not. I, I expected them to be like six or seven seed. That's the for Ryan Dennis right there. Yeah. I did not think the Lions were going to be good. They did, though. Um, I did. I liked the Lions. That was a real bummer. It is way too early to tell. I, I mean, look, as Matt here to, okay, I pointed right this time. Can uh, can vouch for me? I pick the Browns every week, even if I think they're going to lose, because I never think they're going to lose. So I'm going to pick the Browns, but week 17 is a long way away right now. There's a lot of different things that could happen. Well, so, and if the Steelers, they won't if, sit anybody if, because if there's a shot for them to knock Cleveland out of the playoffs, they're playing Big Ben and their players. That's that's what me and my dad were having that discussion the other day. He's like, "Well, hey." If they keep going, they'll probably sit everybody. I'm like, not if the Browns have a chance to miss the playoffs. You bet well, your ass Big Ben's going to be in there with everybody, and they're going to try and run the score up as well. So. And I forgot Kansas City is in there, and Kansas City's probably not going to lose more yeah, than one they, more game. Only got so one loss, so. they'll get pushed. Yeah. All right, speaking of Kansas City, they beat the Raiders. They got their revenge, 35-31. Mahomes, 21 points, CEH, 20, Bell, 10, Tyree Kill, 27, and Travis Kelsey, 26. 
possible the game of the day here with Mahomes uh, coming through clutch with a great last-minute drive there. Are they still the best team in the AFC for you? I think they are. The Steelers have a better record. Um, Steelers are the worst 10-0 team I've seen uh, in a long time. And that's not just my Browns homerism saying that. I think they're a good team, but if the Steelers and the the Chiefs were playing head-to-head, I would still pick Kansas City until somebody dethrones them. They're still number one. And what they did, you know, they they should have lost that game. I thought the Raiders did everything they needed to do to win, including going down. The one thing they screwed up on was they left too much time because apparently Patrick Mahomes only needs 45 seconds uh, to dismantle your defense. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, like I said, I I like – I don't think I can put Steelers in the discussion just because they're 10 and 0. I've seen too many faults in their games. I mean, Dallas, really, they did not put Jacksonville away until the third, fourth quarter. Like, their offense is not as good as it looks sometimes when the final score comes out, if that makes sense. I, I have questions. I think their defense is fairly comparable to Kansas City's. But if I had to say, okay, you're going to have Big Ben going up against Kansas City and, and Mahomes going up against Pittsburgh, I would bet a lot more money that Kansas City comes up with that stop where I don't think Pittsburgh would be able to stop Mahomes. I think it'd be a literally score, 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 score thing. So really quick, Raiders, Carr, 21 points, Josh Jacobs, 13, Nelson Aguilar, 20, Darren Waller, 20. Tough loss for the Raiders. Can they still be a contender in the AFC for you? Yeah, as I I tweeted on Sunday night, 2020's cruelest uh, irony was uh, me sitting there uh, at the tail end of Sunday night, actually rooting for the Raiders, just because I, you know, I want. It's tough when uh, two division rivals are playing, but I, I thought the Raiders played well. Um, Derek Carr has played better than I think we expected. There was some talk prior to the season about whether he would end up getting pulled midway through. They signed Marcus Mariota. Where are they going to start looking for now? And even though they've had younger receivers and some inconsistency at receivers. He's elevated. Nelson Aguilar looks pretty good. Um, They've gotten incredible work out of Waller. They've done pretty well with their running backs. I think that the Raiders are a legitimate playoff contender. Now they were in this spot last year and they couldn't close. So that's going to be the sign of maturity. Can they, you know, they were six and four and looked like they were tracking to be a wild card team last year. And they just kind of tailed off the end, ended up seven and nine. If they can avoid that kind of a collapse, I think that they can get to nine or 10 wins and get in the playoffs. I do think they're a playoff team. Again, I mentioned just a little bit ago, I picked them to make the playoffs. And, you know, my biggest fear was they had a brutal first part of that schedule and they came out over 500. They have a much easier schedule now. Going into that game Sunday night, they, as you mentioned, they should have won that game. They went punch for punch with Kansas City. I mean, Derek Carr went punch for punch with Mahomes in Kansas City. I think that that team looks a lot better than they did last year. That defense is playing better. I think the Raiders. I mean, they're in the playoffs right now. They're obviously one game behind the Browns, but if, say, the Browns lose this weekend or next weekend and Oakland keeps winning, they have the head-to-head over them as well now. So I think the Raiders have a very good shot of making it in. 
Uh, we'll get to those last two questions here in a minute. We've got one more game, and then we'll answer the last question. So Rams win Monday night, 27-24. Golf, 23 points. Acres, 8. Woods, 30. Cup, 25. Acres gets into the end zone, but no running back looked really good here. Um, do you think that he is getting a bigger starting role? I don't. I, I think it was just a mixture of – they couldn't run because of how good Tampa Bay's uh-huh. defense was. I mean, they had Jared, Jared Goff through the ball, what was it, 50-something times? I think that uh-huh. was just the play designs to get the ball out of his hand because of that defense. I don't think he's going to start, but I think he is starting to get a bigger role. He led the team in carries in Week 10 uh, against Seattle, and then um, he was he was getting involved. He was getting serious. They're still going to continue to use all three. They used all three last night. They were rotating them around. But I do think they're trying to get Akers involved. He had the best rush of the night uh, in terms of had had one big run. He also got a passing touchdown, helped uh, boost him up a little bit. Um, he's not a bankable starter, but it does look like they are trying to get him going in a way that I don't remember seeing them trying to get Henderson going last year. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I mentioned I thought they might try with them coming out of the bye week. I, I'd like to see it happen. I, I don't know if I'm trusting him, though, until I see it's happened. It is the way that I would approach it. On Tampa Bay's side here, Brady 12, Jones 2, Fournette 9, Chris Godwin 18, Mike Evans 15, Antonio Brown 13, and Gronk 4. Another tough loss in prime time are the Bucca- the Buccaneers face the Chiefs this week. Are they paper tigers? They are paper tigers. I think a lot of people wanted to say they were the best. They were going to be in the Super Bowl. They were the best team in the NFC. I think they will still make the playoffs, but they're going to be a six or seven seed. They're going to be a five or a six loss team. I mean, they'll probably have five losses by the end of week 12. Yep, I'm with you. I, I mentioned it before. I was not big on them. I did not think just because they got Tom Brady and bringing him over there, he doesn't throw the way Jameis Winston did. That was my biggest argument on why I didn't think Evans and Godwin would be fantasy reliable, and they really haven't been. So I am with you on that. Defense has still been good outside of uh, really the past couple weeks. Their defense has Uh been amazing. Um, All right, so should the Eagles bench Carson Wentz? We don't think so. We mentioned this earlier when we talked about the Browns-Eagles game. Uh, You know, I agree with Doug Peterson. I I do think that you're kind of sending the wrong message to your team if you do. Obviously, Wentz hasn't been great, but I'll also say I am a huge college guy of ranking and riding for college football. Watch Jalen Hurts play. I feel like it's fairly safe to say I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to be better than Carson Wentz right now. Future-wise, I can't say that, but right now I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to be better, so I would not. And I'm not benching him for sure this week, but they're playing the Seahawks. If they look lost and he looks really bad again, I think you have to consider because if they lose again, they're definitely not going to be in first anymore, and they have a brutal schedule. You may just have to see what you have because you're not going anywhere with what you're doing right now. And then last question, we'll run through waivers really quick and get out of here. What about the MVP? Because Russell Wilson has dropped for you. Um, mine's been Kyler Murray. We did midseason awards, and I said Kyler Murray. I know, Matt, uh, Matt I'll let you tell who you picked. But uh, for me, I think what Kyler Murray has been doing with his legs and his arm and, and keeping Arizona relevant still has a chance to win that division uh, for me. I would like to see Russell Wilson win it. We mentioned at the beginning of the year, he's never even received a first-place vote, which I think is insane to me. But I think if I had to pick someone today, I'm going Kyler Murray. So my midseason pick was Kamara, and I still think he's he's looked good. 
I honestly believe it's going to be the last seven weeks that determine there are, there are a few guys that are candidates. Murray's one. Russell Wilson still is one. Josh Allen with what he's doing with Buffalo is still one for me. Kamara would still be one. But if you were handing it out today, based on what we've seen, I think it's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, you can't ever forget about Mahomes. All right, so really quick, just the waiver wire targets that Matt wrote down here at quarterback. Taysom Hill and Ryan Finley are the the quarterback ones. Hill for me, definitely. I'm kind. I don't think I want to go Ryan Finley unless I'm super no. flexing. Even then, yeah. And I'm, we have I'm a hesitant. full slate of sixteen games. Uh, yeah, for this Thanksgiving week, yeah. week, you're gonna have fifteen. Only two teams missing. We're you know we're pretty much past bye weeks. So yeah. Finley is is not a guy in Superflex you're, you're trotting out. Uh, as we mentioned in Baltimore, J.K. and Mark Ingram both tested positive for COVID. They cannot come back before the game on Thursday. So Gus Edwards, Justice Hill. Edwards is the one that I want the most. Um, and I, I had seen him starting to get dropped a little bit when Ingram came back and with Dobbins yeah. taking a bigger role. So he's probably out there in some places. But I don't think Hill's a terrible flyer. It's hard to imagine Gus Edwards is the only running back they use. Yeah, I doubt it. They were using three, uh, I mean, with having those three out there. So I think he'll get some run. Uh, wide receiver Demir Bird after his big week and Des Bryant, who got more and more involved in Baltimore. I had actually picked up Bird in a couple of places. He seemed like he was kind of the number two to Myers. Obviously, Nikhil Harry is not a thing anymore because he's been off of injury for a I while. Mean, we don't. Somebody said that, but you know, we don't know if and when they're even going to try to bring Edelman back. But Bird and Myers have looked like they've had the best connection. Bird has been kind of steadily had a connection since the beginning of the season. He's worth a pickup. Des Bryant led that team as a wide receiver last year. It seems weird to believe, but he was a super talented guy at one point in time. Maybe he's the kind of veteran receiver that they need. We've seen them use Willie Sneed. We've seen them use Des now. Um, He's not a terrible flyer, but again, with 16 team with 16 games and all 32 teams back playing, you probably have better options. Yeah. And then at tight end, we finally saw mine and Dennis's guy, Chris Herndon, uh, is still alive and playing in the NFL. Which is surprising to me. Uh, I was not expecting that at all. Uh, what are your thoughts on him? Tight end is such a dumpster fire position, uh, you know, and even in that dumpster fire, Herndon seemed like he was too big of a piece of burning trash to pick up. That may not be the case. You know, Flacco uses tight ends different, differently. Hard to know what it's going to be like when Darnold comes back, but seeing him catch a touchdown uh, certainly makes you think he's worth rostering. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to see it. I was all in on him, obviously, um, me and Dennis earlier in the year. We will be back with Dennis, as I mentioned earlier, in about two hours. We're going to talk playoffs. Uh, what else are we talking about? I forgot already. We are going to talk about the Thanksgiving preview, and we are going to end with everyone's favorite segment, normally on Thursdays, moved ahead to a Tuesday, uh, a little bit of Mandalorian hot stove. Yes, we will talk Mandalorian because we will not be we will not have the show Wednesday or Thursday. So another show coming up here in just a couple hours with Dennis. Real quick, who was the worst? Who's the worst QB right Ryan, now? Ryan Finley. I agree. Ryan Finley. All right. We will be back in just a couple hours talking Mandalorian Thursday, Thanksgiving games, and of course, playoff talk for the AFC and NFC. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready?
Who can make a play? I can't. Who can make a play? 